Hey there, Biff crew. This is Adam from the Biff team. And we're bringing you a special episode today. One of the things that we commonly do in our program is to work closely with the students that have enrolled in the Biff Review as they prepare for their CFP exam. And through our work with each of the students, a lot of their personal stories will often come about, and we learn some in-depth strategies for how they managed to take the material and the instruction in our program and translate that into something that provided them with the concepts that they needed to access and with the strategies to go into their exam on exam day and pass with confidence. So within the program, I would hold question and answer sessions on a weekly basis. And what I began to do was to invite Biff Review alums back into my Q&A sessions so that the current students could hear directly from the voice of the student a little bit about the experience, about the ups and downs, uh, about things that they wish they would have known when they were preparing. So this compilation is just three snapshots of different students uh, at different phases of their career who all found their way uh, through the exam prep and were able to kindly and generously come back into our space and share some of their top three best strategies for CFP exam prep. Our first student is Amy Thorson. And Amy Thorson uh, came into our Bryant CFP program uh, midway through her CFP education, which by the way is something that we do offer and we always welcome new students into the Bryant Biff CFP education program. But Amy came into our program and um, was asking great questions throughout participating the whole way. It was very clear that she was dedicated and really working double time to understand everything that we had. There were moments where she actually created infographics that we have since used in our materials. Um, and since getting her marks, she has been back to the Biff Review to speak to her experience and offer words of encouragement to the students that are finding their way toward a uh, given exam cohort. And in her top three, uh, one of the things that I especially liked was that it was part about the actual work that's involved and the dedication. But there's a fair amount that I think that'll be of tremendous value uh, to you if you're preparing for your exam, just on the mental readiness side. So take note, sit back, and here are some words of wisdom from Amy Thorson, CFP. Thanks, Adam. Uh, hi, everyone. I hope you are staying sane and hydrated right now. So basically, um, I did tell Adam I wrote like two pages getting ready for this, but I did my best to narrow it down to basically three categories that I hope will help you all as you continue on your um, wonderful wild journey here. 
Um, so first of all, um, I think the first area that was key for me was, um, I would call it structure and support. So making sure that I could go through my life category by category and say, can I cut this out? Can this wait until, let's see, what month is it? Can this wait until late March? Can this wait until the day after the exam? And anything that could wait, I pushed off. Um, if you're worried that your life may spiral out of control and you'll forget about everything, just um, use my trick and keep down a little notebook to catch your thoughts so you don't your, your life doesn't spiral out of control. It will be okay. Everything will be there after the exam. And you also, during this, this kind of category, the structure support category, this is the time when you have to ask um, some hard questions. You're already like halfway through review. So if you haven't asked these questions yet, you have to ask them now. People who live with you, can they take things over for you? Can your employer give you a block of time to study? Can can you, you know, get over that rugged individualism and reach out and ask for help? Because these are the things that you should start doing right now if you haven't been doing them already. So um, these are just the things that will give you that support as you as you go through. And the structure, the BIF schedule is awesome. Like you, it is just plug and play. You download every week, do what they say, and you will be golden. So that is, as far as that part goes, I think it's just, you know, really just making sure you have this clean space where you can operate in this review program as clean as possible. I know life's real, right? Like kids get sick and relatives die. Oh my goodness. The drama I have heard of happening during like this last review is horrific, but to the extent that you're able try to clear as much as you can out of your life because it will wait. It will wait. Okay. So my second category is study. And these are just general recommendations um, that I followed when I went through the BIF program. And I think helped me so much. I think you should attend classes live whenever you can. Um, there is a separate world of teaching happening in the chat. And you learn a lot in the chat from your instructors, from your um, classmates, the questions that get asked in there are just dig in and, and go. And then um, if you, like Adam said, I keep it at 100. So um, the next day, as I got into my work for the day, as soon as the replay got released, I would listen to it like a podcast. <laughs> so just, I don't think there's such a thing as ex overexposing yourself to the material. Like, you know, you go to class. Okay. So have it on in the background the next day when you're not focusing. Are these all premium? Is this a premium? Yeah. Okay. So the jam sessions, are you guys doing, give me three facts and um, the question breakdowns in the jams? So this was this was by overwhelming survey feedback at the end of your cycle, uh, yeah. your, your review cycle. There was so much love for question breakdown so that the jam sessions are primarily, I mean, there's like 12 questions we work through for two hours. So we, it's just questions pretty much. That's awesome. Okay. So my recommendation is dig in like, even more so than the Monday night, like really dial in those jam sessions because 
I was really nervous during them for some reason. I think it was answering the polls. And even if I knew I was wrong, I was like, oh God, I don't want to be wrong, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Like you need to do this. You need to do the jam. You need to fully participate. You need to do the work because these reps, like compared to the reps you do on your own, they're like super reps. Okay. Like they, you're checking in on content, you're getting stuff reinforced content wise, but you're learning the question breakdown, which is a skill that not a lot of people have. You can read and comprehend, sure, but this was a skill I didn't know that I didn't have until I started learning it through Biff. Um, I, through this, I learned what RTFQ really means. And then I learned how important RTFA really is. And I promise you that matters so much on your exam. Like they harp on it. They talk about it. RTFQ. I still have it on a sticky note on my computer monitor at work. Okay. That's how like it's that important. Like it's, it's so important. And um, just don't, don't skimp on that. Don't gloss that over. Understand what they're telling you in the breakdown because you need that knowledge badly. Let me make sure that's it. Oh, and hand in hand with that, in your study portion, I would say, get your money's worth out of this premium program. Like, use it. Use your resources. Use it all because it's there for you and you you get out of it what you're going to put into it. So it's like almost everything else in life. Like, I would say don't don't try to be proud if you are struggling with a concept you've tried a few times to get it on your own email that box and ask for help like do not wait do not struggle keep yourself timely with the material you know so you're always kind of feeling pretty good before you move to the next thing um you don't want a lot of holes behind you you know cuz then you it'll start eroding your confidence as you go forward um so I think let me make sure I gave you all my points from that. Yes, I did. Okay. So this is um, this last category that I um, I really harp on this heavily when everyone talks, whenever someone talks about this process, it's, um, I call this category stay sane, but it is, it's the mental component, right? And, and as part of the mental component is the physical component. So Take good care of yourself, truly. I mean, yeah, I get it. You study hard. You got to stay up late. You don't. You really don't unless those are your only hours in the day, okay? What you got to do is get enough sleep. You got to try your best to follow the nutrition that feels the best for your body. You got to at least move around a few times a week, okay? Like a walk down the hall at least, okay? <laughs> um, so like, just, just try to think about those basic self-care things that are actions that, that make you feel good in your normal life. And they'll make you, make you feel good in your CFP life. So really don't put yourself on the back burner. Um, cause you can't pass this exam without you. So really, really, you have to take care of yourself. Um, and also as part of that, um, uh, mental journey, there, I think there's like three really key things that you can do. First of all, visualize the pass, like every single day. Like, I know it doesn't look anything like this, but imagine like a big computer monitor with huge green letters saying pass. 
and imagine how great you feel like visualize it. Okay. In reality, by the way, so you don't freak out, it's tiny, tiny little print that says, congratulations, you passed the exam. But like, seriously, visualize it like this huge green pass. Okay. Every single day, imagine you show up at the test center, you just get ushered in, you sit right down, everything goes well, you feel rested, you pass. It's not going to happen that way, but visualize it. It helps the path. Okay. Um, secondly, um, learn some kind of breathing exercise or grounding technique. Um, I, I will tell you one, if, if that's okay, Adam, can I describe like a box breath? Okay. So, um, there is something that can almost immediately calm you down. You may already know this. It's called a box breath. And so if you imagine like a box, okay, you're breathing up, breathing in would be the upside, holding your breath would be the top, breathing out would be the bottom or this side and holding would be the bottom. So you breathe in for four, one, two, three, four, you hold your breath for a count of four, you blow it out for a count of four, you hold your breath for a count of four. I promise you, you do that like three times and it will calm you down at least two notches. So try it out. It's called box breathing. You can Google it. It's very common, but that, that really is a very fast and simple way. Requires no special knowledge. Just try that out and see if it helps. And um, lastly, move on as quickly as possible. When something, um, when you let yourself down in your study process, right? Like, oh man, I was supposed to study four hours yesterday and like, I only got in like 20 minutes. Oh, well, that was yesterday. Like your guilt and beating yourself up over it today will slow you down. So you really have to be willing to just have this always refreshing perspective, right? Like today is today and all you have is today. Whatever you did yesterday is gone. So don't beat yourself up. Um, you know, but do try your best and just keep, keep moving, stick to the schedule, keep it moving and try your best to keep that mental space free from any judgment or, or like I like to say, stuff a sock in your inner critic's mouth. Okay. So you don't need to be hearing from your inner critic right now that this is not their time. Like they need to go away. Um, and there is an awful cheesy quote that I hate, but it's true. And um, it's like, I think it's from Dave Ramsey even, <sighs> but the quote is like along the lines of live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Okay. I hate that. I hate that it's a Dave Ramsey thing, but honestly, it's true. Like if you're willing to get just a little crazy and unreasonable during this process, you'll pass, like you keep it at a hundred, you, you'll do it. Like follow your guys, do what the crew says, dig deep. And you, this exam is hard, but you can pass it. Our next Biff alum is Jackie Cummings Kosky. Uh, Jackie actually did not go through the Biff review, but used our uh, Biff Bites podcast as a guide and reference um, as she navigated her prep. But Jackie was kind enough to come into our review space. And her story is that she was a career changer. And 
what she shares is how different approaches are really necessary when you're navigating the CFP journey as someone that is new to the career. And along the way, you'll hear that Jackie relied on a lot of resources outside of the confines of a CFP education program and a CFP exam prep program. And she is actively involved in continuous support of those pursuing their CFP marks. Um, I had the honor of, of serving on a panel recently uh, at Cody Garrett's Measure Twice Planners in which we shared CFP exam tips. And I found that Jackie's were in incredibly useful and would benefit our listeners here and the students within our program. So listen up to Jackie. She also offers up a couple of really valuable resources, one of them being a podcast list that's comprehensive, so you could do some good passive learning, and uh, another one which is kind of a CFP self-assessment tracker using the CFP learning objectives. Um, take a listen. Take some notes. There's some great stuff here from Jackie Cummings-Koski, CFP. Everybody. Well, I was uh, when Adam reached out to me, I'm like, I'm just glad to be on the other side of this exam. Um, but I learned so much about myself while I was preparing for this exam, and I'm sure you will, too. Um, so I took the exam um, in November 2022, and I'm a career changer. I worked uh, for a global data company for 20 years. I retired early. I'm one of those fiery people, financial independence, retire early. Retired from my corporate job in 2019. And since then, went back to get my master's at Kansas State. And I was going for their financial therapy program. But there's these six pesky classes that I had to take. And it was a CFP classes. And I wasn't going for that. But all of my classmates, that's what they were doing. I'm like, I'm not taking the CFP. So I continue on, I graduate, and somehow there's these birds still in my ear telling me, oh, you should do it, you could do it. And I finally just got sucked in and decided to do it. And, uh, and it was a whirlwind. Um, my goal with even taking the exam and of course uh, hoping to pass it was that I mainly do financial education and financial literacy. Like that's like what I, that's what lights me up. And I know I don't really need the CFP to do that, but I'm thinking, you know, everything that I'm learning with the CFP and all the curriculum, it fills so many gaps and it just made me a better deliverer of the material that I'm sharing with people and just a better messenger and educator. Uh, I do a little bit of CFP stuff, but mostly it's education. Um, so, so yeah, I wanted to mention just a few things. I, I got three that I thought was the most helpful. And if you guys have any questions or want me to drill into any of this anymore, let me know. But um, one of the big things I walked away with, or when I started, I realized that my review program, it wasn't this one, it, it wasn't everything that I needed for the way that I learn. I learn, I'm an auditory learner, I'm a visual learner, 
and we were given big, thick books at the beginning and told to read. If you don't understand it and you don't get it, read it again and again. And I'm like, that's not going to work. If, it, if I didn't understand it the first time, I'm not going to understand the fifth time. So um, I love podcasts. So I started putting together a nice list of podcasts. And these podcasts had to be where they specifically focused on CFP material. And so they were led by, um, or the host was a CFP, um, a CPA, an attorney, something that I knew was going to be on the exam. If you didn't cover that content, you got deleted from my podcast feed. And then, uh, you know, YouTube, I just found certain creators and professionals that were just really good at explaining certain topics. So my trouble topics, I always would try a different platform and try something different because those can like just get your wheels spinning and I didn't want to do that. Um, so I ended up creating a whole spreadsheet of like YouTube channels and podcasts. And I, I know it was sort of color coded, but I noted like what their credential was. And that was super helpful to me. So I had a whole, I felt like I had a whole team preparing me for the exam. So, um, so the other one was, you know, I think what's really underestimated is the CFP board material. So um, the program that I was taking, we were about to do our, re our in-person review and some of us were going to take the first uh, practice exam, the CFP board practice exam. And he was kind of discouraging us from doing that before his, the review program. And I'm like, that didn't really make sense to me because the CFP board is the closest you're ever going to get to what you see on the exam. So why would I not want to take advantage of that? And you're able, if, if the timing is right, you're able to get both practice exams for free. So I spent a lot of time not just focusing on my score, but I was focusing on the, how the questions were spread out, what topics were heavily represented. I wanted to look at the rationale for the wrong answers and the right answers. And I wanted to just get a feel for what I was going to experience on the day of the exam. So that was probably the biggest CFP board um, tool that was there. And then also, I like the fact that they, you know, listed out, you know, all 70 domains. And what I did is I dumped that into a spreadsheet and I created, created sort of a heat map because I kept asking myself, how am I going to keep up with what I'm missing? <laughs> and that's really hard. So I got those 70 subjects or knowledge topics and I um, they got graded they would either be a one or two or three a three or one means I got it it's good that was green uh, two was yellow and that meant that um, I'm on the way it's in progress and red means that you better get your butt in the gear because you don't know this well enough for the exam so I started sort of tracking um, you know, how close I was getting to 100%. Of course, I never got to 100%. I might've got to like 90%, but that was good enough. And I knew what my holes were. Um, and then uh, Prometric, if you guys don't already know, they have a demo link. It's, it's on the CFP board website somewhere. But if you click the demo link, it will show you the exact um, platform that you'll be taking on exam day. So you can practice with strikeout, highlight, and all those features. And that was helpful to me because I didn't want to waste time trying to figure out, you know, how things work. And then the instructions that you got, they're the same instructions that you're going to get on exam day. So any little bit of anxiety that I could relieve on exam day, I was wanting to do it. So um, the last thing was, um, you know, it depends on who you are, but I, 
appreciate community. I, I feed off of community. So doing a study group was really helpful to me. And yeah, we went over questions and we, you know, did a lot of practicing and going over concepts together, but we supported each other. Like these were all my best friends during this uh, eight to 10 week process. And then I ended up having a study partner as well. So if, you, if you're an introvert or you don't like the idea of the uh, study group, if you have a study partner, I had that in addition to the study group. And that was super helpful because we were just able to be a lot more patient with each, with each other. We would do teach backs if we were having trouble. Um, and my partner was just tremendously patient because there was one like formula I was having trouble with or something in investments. And she explained that to me three times. And I finally got it and saw how simple it was. I'm like, oh my God, she spent all this time. She probably is thinking I am dumb over here, but it, it somehow the last time she showed me, it just worked. So we're, you're able to be a lot more flexible with your time and you know how you decide you wanna do your, your study session with your partner. Um, so that, those were the main three for me. I mean, there was a lot of things, but I think a lot about the mental side of this exam. I mean, don't ignore that. Um, when I mentioned the podcast, it was kind of cool to have that um, available to me because I love to hike and walk. So even when I wasn't doing hardcore study, I was doing soft study because I would listen to one of those podcasts. Probably I'd pick the most entertaining one where I wouldn't get too bored, but um, I still had to get outside every day. I still went on some vacations and I did some things in the evenings. But when I did that, especially if it was a multi-day vacation or something, um, whoever I was with, I would just say, you know, I'm studying for the exam. So every morning I got to take two hours and do the exam. So at that time, you can go lay on the beach and do whatever you want. But I, I, I had to incorporate that in there. So I didn't keep myself from doing stuff because I knew for my mental health, I wanted to still maintain some balance. Rounding out our trifecta of BIF alum who have gone on to pass the CFP exam is Jeremy Pachette. Jeremy and I uh, dialogued a whole lot during his journey just about study strategies, about different concepts. And Jeremy's story is he was a retaker and a career changer as well. And um, upon not receiving the preliminary pass in his first attempt, one of the things he did was to reassess how he was studying and what he was studying. Uh, he started to approach the materials differently, got involved with an experienced advisor who was his study partner and was incredibly detail-oriented, data-driven, uh, motivated, and shares with the audience that, you know, if you're doing this as a retake, it, it's going to take 120%. That not only do you have to change the way in which you're processing the information and engaging and memorizing and applying, that you do need to be giving that extra effort because there's this whole other realm of the psychological side uh, that could create some hangups. So take a listen to Jeremy, some great stuff. Uh, great guy, called him the CFP warrior. He was able to go in there on the retake and pass the test after a really well-designed and thoughtful uh, CFP exam prep on his retake. <laughs> 
these are like kind of my like cornerstone things that I, I have with other uh, CFP uh, students as we like all kind of um, progress through, you know, the, the challenging mountain that is the CFP exam. So first tip I have is learn how you learn. What I observed throughout both review cycles is especially for a lot of us, it's been a long time, maybe since you were in the classroom, a long time since you took a standardized exam, whatever like your story or background is. I saw and witnessed and even felt times where you're like, yeah, like I keep doing this thing, but it's not sticking. And so, you know, the questionings that would be asked, like you can Google um, like learning styles and there's free exams, tests you can take online to help you understand like how you learn best. And so respect, there may be some distance from you in the classroom. And so uh, really try to zone in to understand exactly like what is your learning style? So you're making like the most of the time you're dedicating to your studies. So that's, that's the, uh, the first tip. Second tip, run your own race. This is like one of my favorite sayings. I say to my daughters every day when I drop them off at school, um, except when they're coming to, uh, <laughs> to disrupt me during the workday, but uh, run your own race. Like too often, I feel like I saw and observed folks um, that just, you know, compared and whomever said it, comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, there's just too much time, energy lost in worrying about where everyone else is at, what everyone else scored. Um, yeah, like as soon as you know your learning style, like get that like insane focus and narrow down on like just running your race, right? That kind of like you know, horse race mentality with the blinders on, like you have your plan, you're executing against your plan and you're like hitting your mile markers, right? This isn't a one size fits all journey. And so uh, run your own race. Third and last, be data driven. And so what really started to change for me from the June, or excuse me, like the June study time, but the July exam to the November exam was just starting to have better record keeping and bookkeeping, honestly, of my of my tactics and studies, right? I can still hear Mike being like, you got a calendar this time, et cetera, et cetera. In my July studies, I, uh, as a career changer, left my job. So I was like full-time study. When I was back studying for the November exam, I was back to work. So everything became the nighttime, morning, weekend hustle. So I had to be even more like disciplined with my time management. But in that being just insanely focused. So Adam, I know we talked about, and I can like gladly like share my like very elementary, just like, you know, Excel sheet here. But what I started to do here, apologize as I like hold my iPad up, is basically like basic spreadsheet on the Y axis, just put all the dates. I did look it up. We're 40 days away from the first day from July 12th. And so we are like in, in no doubt, like serious sprint mode right now. And yeah, days down the Y across the X, just put each of the disciplines and basically just kind of created like a heat map, right? And so, you know, how many questions I took within each category each day, how I was scoring, graying out areas I didn't touch that day, and then just starting to see where I was like strong, weak, multiple days of being weak, where I like hadn't touched in several days, right? Like you just get busy, things get... Um, kind of lost and then just miscellaneous notes. So I'll like hold this up, apologize as this is 
Um, uh, yeah, just super basic, but this is kind of what really I like drove down on um, as I got through my studies. And so again, miscellaneous notes, blocking out days, starting to keep better, keep, you know, kind of bookkeeping, if you will, towards the end. I obviously kept a separate sheet of just like, what were my study hours? So those were like hard and fast blocked off, wife, kids, extracurriculars, as we all have like a full plate. So I just added to like, put those hard guardrails and protect that time um, to dedicate the, the time and energy. Thank you.